Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Frankavilla Show. I'm your host, Dr. Carolyn Frankavilla, board-certified family physician and diplomate of the American Board of Obesity Medicine. I've been helping patients lose weight to treat and prevent medical problems for the last 10 years, and I'm taking what I've learned from them to you. In this podcast, you will learn the science behind why you struggle with your weight and what to do about it, tips for common challenges, work to fight bias about what a healthy weight really is, and improve your relationship with food and your body. Please remember that while I'm a doctor, I'm not your doctor. This podcast is meant to be informational in nature only, not medical advice. Please seek out care from your physician for your specific needs. Okay, let's get started. Hello there, and welcome to this week's episode of the Dr. Frank Villa Show. Today, we are going to talk about food, specifically ultra-processed food, what that is, why it's important to know about it, and I'm going to give you some homework to try to make some swaps on those ultra-processed foods today. I'm going to geek out a little bit in this episode about some new science and new way that we're thinking about food. And I'm also going to show you some of the foods that I'm talking about. So I'm going to do my best to describe that on the podcast. These are all going to be foods you are familiar with. But if you didn't know, you can check me out on Instagram. So some of these videos will be there. And you can also see this on YouTube. So other places to check out this show if you or someone you want to share this with prefers to watch things instead of seeing them or listening to them on a podcast. Okay, so today we are talking about processed food. And I haven't talked about food as much on this podcast as I would like because I thought Food are very complicated to talk about in broad senses. When I help people in my clinic make food choices, what I do is very customized because there are so many factors to take in for anyone's nutrition. Um, there's, of course, your budget and financial situation. There are cultural preferences around food. Perhaps you don't eat meat or other animal products for a religious, personal, or environmental reason. There are food restrictions in terms of allergies or intolerances. And people sometimes have really complicated relationships with food. And I don't want to add to that. I don't want to really label foods as good or bad. So I really haven't talked as much as I would like to on this podcast about food because I want to give advice that's really good for everyone. But today we're going to talk about a specific topic of processed food that I think will be eye-opening and help you eat in a more intentional way when it comes to processed food. So one of the simplest things that we can do when we when it comes to food is really trying to eat more whole foods and less processed foods. And we're going to specifically today talk more about ultra processed foods as well. Okay, so let's get into it. So this is where things start to get a little bit geeky and technical. But one of the sort of trends right now in nutrition science is classifying foods based on how processed they are. And this actually seems like common sense to me. I'm surprised it's taken so long for this to gain steam, but we like to have evidence in and science before we start going around giving advice because a lot of our nutrition advice historically has not been very evidence-based. We've really guessed. So one of these things that people are talking about is this NOVA classification, N-O-V-A, 
And the Nova classifications come out of South America and it categorizes food into four categories. So the first category is going to be unprocessed or minimally processed foods. So these are the edible parts of plants or animals after they've been separated from nature and they're minimally preserved and minimally processed. So this would be food like a chicken breast or a glass of milk, a handful of nuts, an apple, some veggies. For my example here, I have a nice apple and it's the whole apple. You just take a bite into it or slice it up and eat it. It is an unprocessed food. For a minimally processed food, I have here some apple chips. And these apple chips are, the only ingredient is apple, but these are a minimally processed food because they have been sliced and baked to become crispy, but they're not fried or anything. They don't have any additional fats or seasonings or sugar or anything, but they are minimally processed, okay? Same thing with nuts. You could have whole uh, cashews that are unroasted, or you could have a roasted cashew, right? That's minimally processed. You're not probably eating raw chicken. You're eating cooked chicken, right? You might have beef jerky, which is probably in this more minimally processed to processed category. Okay, so unprocessed is, again, the whole apple. Minimally processed is maybe the apple chips. But these are foods you can recognize as the whole food. Okay, category two in the Nova groups is processed culinary ingredients. Okay, what these are foods that are extracted from nature and they're used to prepare the category one foods. Example, these are things like butter, salt, sugar, olive oil. So you take your unprocessed food from category one, say an egg, and you put it in a pan with a little bit of olive oil or maybe some butter, then you sprinkle salt and pepper, maybe some chives or oregano. I don't know what you want to put on your eggs. And those are the processed culinary ingredients that you are adding to that unprocessed food to cook, right? So that's the bread and butter, if you will, of you know what we should be eating, our processed food, our unprocessed foods with our processed culinary ingredients. Then we have our group three foods. These are processed foods. So these are foods that are a combination of one and two, and that is being done to either increase the enhancement of the food, make it taste better, to preserve it so it lasts longer, and to make it maybe more enjoyable in some way. So example of just a regular processed food would be something like bread, right? Bread in its sort of original form, not its ultra-processed form, is going to be wheat, some yeast, a little bit of sugar to make it rise, water. There's really not that much to bread, but it's processed a little bit to make it into a substance that's a little bit more tasty than whole wheat, right? Then we have things like oatmeal, again, processed to some degree, cheese. I have my example here, my cheese stick. This is a processed food. Pickles, that's just a cucumber with some vinegar and salt, a really old way of processing something and preserving it, keeping it for a long time. And in my opinion, making the cucumber way more delicious. Okay, so those are processed foods and, and those are probably okay. And then we get to our ultra processed foods. And these are what have really grown in our Western diet in the last couple decades. And these are probably what is contributing to more of our health problems and our weight. And I'm going to get into a little bit of the data on the weight in these. 
But what is the definition of an ultra-processed food? So an ultra-processed foods are not just modified foods, but they are formulations of industrial sources of dietary energy and nutrients, particularly unhealthy fats, starches, free sugars, salt, plus additives that are chemicals or dyes to intensify the sensory impact of these foods. They have little or even no impact food, meaning you can't recognize what this food is. You really can't tell what was made from. So I have some examples here. I had to scrounge around my house to find these. They seem to turn up in goodie bags for holidays for my children. And this is a bag of Cheetos. And if we look at the ingredients of this little bag of Cheetos here, our first ingredient is enriched cornmeal. And then there's all the ingredients of that, which is cornmeal, ferrous sulfate, niacin, thiamine, riboflavin, folic acid. Then we have a vegetable oil, which is made of corn, canola oil, and or sunflower oil. Cheese seasoning, which is whey, cheddar cheese, cultures, salt, and enzymes. Some other processed oil, canola oil, whey protein concentrate, monosodium glutamate, lactic acid, citric acid, and yellow number six, and salt, of course. So this is a bunch of stuff that's put together to make a food-like substance. But if you ask your great-grandmother what this was, they would have no idea that's food, right? And it even has dye to make it more appealing. And anyone who's ever had a Cheeto knows that, right? Because you get all that yellow on your fingers. Now, that does not make this a completely bad food. It's just we need to recognize what these ultra-processed foods are in our diet so that we can try to have less of them. It doesn't mean you're never going to have an ultra-processed food. Okay, another one, again, from some sort of holiday celebration. I have some little gummies here. And gummies are going to be essentially high fructose corn syrup most of the time and dye. So essentially completely processed food and really nothing you could recognize as food. You can't tell where this came from, which was predominantly corn at one point in time. But now it's just a, a fruity flavored jelly. And then the sort of biggest defender, in my opinion, of ultra processed foods are our sodas and our sweet beverages, which literally are just processed sugar, often with dye or flavorings that have no additional nutritional value, no appearance of food, and can be eaten in really large volumes because they're a beverage and they're really easy to absorb and you really never feel full from them. You could drink a hundred ounces of soda a day and not feel full or satisfied because there's no physical substance to them. So those are sort of our categories, okay? So we have our unprocessed or very minimally processed foods, culinary ingredients, processed foods, and then the ultra-processed foods, which again are very like industrial foods. They really are not recognizable as food. Things like chips, crackers, soft drinks, gummies, candy. Again, things that really are not recognizable as food. Okay, so why do we care about this? And I always say there's no good food or bad food. And, and that's totally true, right? It's all moderation. It's all balance. It's fueling our body. But why do we want to be intentional about how processed our food is? Dr. Kevin Hall, I got to see him speak at a conference earlier this year, had a great article that was published in Cell. And what they did in that study was they matched people with two different types of eating, two different diets, if you will, to see what happens when you give people an ultra-processed diet versus an unprocessed diet. The ultra-processed diet and the unprocessed diet had the same amount of calories, sugar, 
fat, fiber, and macronutrients. So if you looked at the nutrition label or you plugged it into MyFitnessPal, all the numbers that were offered to people were the same, okay? But they were different types of foods. So picture maybe a cheeseburger versus salmon with a side of roasted veggies, something like that, okay? And what happened is they were given options of on their ultra processed diet, they were given the foods, they could eat as much as they want of those foods, or they were given the unprocessed diet, they could eat as much. And again, these the foods they were given were completely matched in terms of what they, they looked like for numbers. And what happened is the people on the ultra processed diet ate more calories, which maybe is not shocking, right? Those foods are more palatable. They're designed to be more enjoyable when we eat them. And so people ate more of them. But what was even more surprising is the people who ate the ultra-processed foods gained about a pound or two over the course of 14 days, just two weeks. The people on the unprocessed diet actually lost about two pounds. So that's pretty amazing to me that in just two weeks, the type of food, again, it looks the same if you plug it into my fitness pal, had that big of an impact. And it was not completely in line with the amount of calories. So the people who ate more calories with their ultra-processed diet gained more weight than would be expected by calories alone. And the people who did not eat the processed food, they ate the regular sort of unprocessed diet, lost more weight than we would expect. So the type of food matters more than the exact numbers of the food, okay? So why is that? That's not 100% figured out, but there's probably two main reasons. Those ultra-processed foods are ultra-processed to make them more enjoyable. There's actual food scientists out there who figure out how to add flavorings, how to make the texture of the food more enjoyable. So you buy it, you buy more of it, you buy it more frequently, you recommend it to your friends and family, and you just eat more of it, okay? So that is one reason, right? They just taste better. People eat more of them. But as we saw in that study by Kevin Hall, it's not all about the calories because the people either gained or lost more weight than expected based on the type of food as well, not just the amount they ate, though the amount they ate was part of it. So there was also another interesting study that came out this year by Karen Corbin and others, and that was in Nature Communications, if you want to really geek out and look into it. And it was a really complicated study, but essentially they did a sort of similar thing where they had a a processed Western diet compared to a more whole food fiber-based diet. And what that data concluded was that this highly processed food was more quickly absorbed and the higher fiber food was made it farther into the gut before it got absorbed. And that led to the gut microbiome, all the bacteria that live in the gut having a completely different impact based on the food. So then they had more food to digest, the microbiome did. And that completely changed energy balance for people. That changed endocrine and hormonal regulation of appetite. So the type of food changed your appetite. And the people who were on that higher fiber diet actually pooped out more calories. Did you know that's a job? You could be counting how many calories are in someone's poop. <laughs> they call it fecal content, but we'll just call it poop because that's what it was. So it really has a huge different impact on your body above and beyond calories. So 
when I talk about nutrition with my patients, I often talk about how calories are not all equal. It's not all about calories, which isn't to say calories don't matter at all, but really the type of calories is way more important than the exact amount of calories. And starting to have some data that proves that and has some scientific explanations for why that would be. Okay. One of my favorite nutrition authors is Michael Pollan. If you have not read any of his stuff, it's really great. It really, he makes food really relatable. He takes into account the ecologic and environmental impacts of food, the social justice components of food and the health impacts of food and really gives very good rounded picture of how to eat because it's gotten complicated in the modern world. And the advice that he gives in one of his books, I always quote, and I think is wonderful, is eat food, not too much, mostly plants. Six words, fabulous advice that I think is really digestible and really fits well with this concept of processed foods. And in his writings, he talks about the example I gave before is, can your great-grandmother recognize this as a food? Your great-grandmother would know what an apple is. It might look a little different than the one she's had before, but she's going to recognize this as a fruit. She's probably seen dairy before. She's going to recognize the cheese stick. She is going to recognize the apple chips. But if you show her a Cheeto or an Oreo, she's not going to know what that is or where it came from, right? We can't recognize the food in those. So eat food, meaning eat real food, things you can recognize, not too much, and mostly plants. And I think those are really good, simple rules to keep in mind. But the reality is that Cheetos and soda and processed food exist. And so how do we navigate that in a way that's intentional and good for our health? And I'm going to give you some other examples of packaged and processed foods. And I've given these examples before that I utilize on a regular basis that help me reach my health goals. So one of them is frozen food. And so while this is a processed food, it's not an ultra processed food. So the example I have are, you've heard me talk about them because I just love them so much, my daily harvest. So these are plant-based foods and they are super whole ingredients. Like you can see them. This one is a Brussels sprout one. And when you open it up, you can see the Brussels sprouts. You see the carrots, you see some of the nuts, you see the cabbage. And it does have some processed ingredients added to it, but they are these processed culinary ingredients. They're things like almond butter, hazelnut paste, lemongrass puree seeds, lime leaves, real plants that have been ground up and added to this. This is a processed food, but it's somewhere between that minimally processed and processed food category, right? It's just the whole foods that have been spruced up with some natural ingredients to make them taste better. On the ultra-processed side, an ultra-processed food that I recommend to my patients every day and that I eat most days are protein bars and protein shakes. So you probably shouldn't live on these entirely, although we do use plans like that for some people. And these are definitely ultra-processed foods. I'm looking at an Aloha bar right now, which is my current favorite. And the first ingredient is brown rice protein. So this is super processing of rice to just get the protein tapioca fiber, tapioca syrup, sunflower butter. So the sunflower seeds been turned into a butter, has some brown sugar, has some vanilla extract. And so these are really processed ingredients, brown rice crisps. So they've really taken food and, and processed it in such a way. But for me and for many of my patients, a protein bar 
serves an important role of keeping blood sugar stable, getting enough protein in, which I find really hard to do with unprocessed foods without eating a lot of meat. And I don't want to eat three cows a day. So there may be a role for some of these processed foods. And I think one of those roles is meal replacement, protein bars or protein shakes that help you get that fuel source in. And in terms of weight loss, we have good data that those absolutely help with weight loss. That's been a mainstay of helping people lose weight for a really long time. The other exception is fun. If you absolutely love the gummies and they're your favorite treat and you have them once a week or once a month or once a year, that's totally fine, right? The problem is if you have four servings of gummies, you have the big package of it and you eat that all in one setting, that is going to have effects on your gut microbiome. That's going to have effects on your appetite and it's going to have effects on your weight and it's not going to help you reach your goal, right? So there's absolutely a role for processed food and ultra processed food. If you, again, have a special treat of an ultra processed food that's your favorite thing, whether that is having Reese's peanut butter cups or a Coke once a month or the gummies or whatever your favorite thing is, that ultra processed food, Cheez-Its, goldfish crackers, tortilla chips. If these ultra processed foods are something that you enjoy in moderation and it's making up, I don't know, maybe 10% or less of your diet, that's probably fine. But the problem is in the modern world, for some people, ultra processed food is the vast majority of the calories they're having. And that is having a big impact on how much food we eat and our gut microbiome and how that affects our health. And so switching to more foods that are less processed is probably going to be helpful for weight maintenance, weight loss, and general health. Okay, so your homework today, you've learned a lot. I think we covered a ton, we got a little geeky on some of that. But I want you to go ahead and do a little like inventory of what you eat. So that could be to just write down everything you've eaten today or write down everything you eat tomorrow or go into your cupboard and take a peek at what ultra processed foods do you have in your home, right? What sort of chips, crackers, cookies, little dessert cakes? What do you have that are these ultra processed foods and how are you using them in your life? Are you having them as a backup that's a fun treat on a day when you're in the mood for it? Or is it part of your daily routine? And if some of these foods are part of your daily routine, which I think they are for most people, what can you replace them with? So maybe instead of chips or crackers, you could have some crunchy veggies with some hummus or some other dip with them, right? So maybe that would replace that crunchy food for you. Or maybe you can snack on some roasted nuts instead. Maybe you could have some olives or pickles instead. Instead of a sweet food like ice cream, jello, pudding, gummy words, snack cakes, maybe you could eat some fresh fruit instead, or again, have some nuts or even a yogurt instead. And maybe instead of eating a super processed white bread, you can get a whole grain bread or a whole grain chip or cracker. And that's moving towards more of a processed food versus an ultra processed food. And maybe in a crazy world, you make your own tortillas from scratch or your own bread from scratch. And so you know it has a whole grain in it and it's not ultra processed because you made it. 
if you are going to buy a packaged food, can you find a better version of it? Can you find something that's more on that process side versus the ultra process side? And can you start giving your body more fiber that's going to make you feel full, going to stabilize your blood sugar, going to help that gut microbiome, make you eat less, eating more fruits, eating more vegetables, eating more whole grains. Those are things that are going to help your gut health and going to help you with weight loss. And we have really good data behind that. Not all calories are the same. And again, the more we can move from these ultra processed foods, probably the better. This doesn't mean perfection. And one thing I also want to point out with the veggies is frozen is fine. So we always keep frozen peas and frozen green beans in our fridge so that we know we have an easy side for ourselves and our kids that, that we will eat. Frozen fruit is great. You can either eat it frozen instead of a popsicle or ice cream. Um, you can toss it on top of yogurt or toss it on top of a whole grain pancake. So lots of options there. You don't have to have everything fresh if you're the sort of person where it goes bad in your fridge before you eat it. The processed foods are things we're trying to get away from, but we don't have to have perfection. So you can definitely use frozen foods or sometimes even canned foods or jarred foods to get some of that fiber in as well. Okay, so your homework is to pick two or three ultra processed foods that are part of your regular life and try to find a substitute for those that are better. And until next week, take care. Thank you for listening to the Dr. Frank Avila Show, where we learn about all things related to weight and health. If you love this podcast, make sure to leave those five-star reviews and share this podcast with a friend or loved one. If you have a topic about weight and health you want me to tackle, head over to the website, thedrfrankavillashow.com to submit your question. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss next week's episode. Take care.